wanna get high, man. Let's stimulate your mind. Get up, Chucky! What have we got here? A fucking comedian. <laughs> Rojan Kim. Hello, and welcome to the Rojan Kim cast. It's me, Rojan Kim. Thank you so much for joining me today, February 12th, 2021. Two, one, two, two, one. Or episode two, two, six. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me this week. How's your week been? Been a good week. Been a good week. Has been crazy. Stuff been going on. It's Chinese New Year. Xinyan Kuala. Or I guess Lunar, Lunar New Year for non-Chinese. Because they're like, hey, hey, we're not Chinese. But we still use the calendar that they use as well that they didn't bring we made it up to it's uh, the moon it makes sense everybody would make a calendar based on the moon right there's only two heavenly objects you could really base time on the sun and the moon it makes sense that the moon would be a monthly thing also because of you know the periods you know what i'm saying ladies right ladies right ladies pretty sure Periods were definitely how we started learning about time because you'd be like, oh, it's that time again. <laughs> Seems to happen every month. Let's call it a month because it's fucking moon. Last time the moon was like this, they all went crazy. Can you imagine in caveman times, all the women synchronizing their cycles all at once? And what a nightmare. What you know, And then bands of men would be roving around and they'd just be like, don't go there during this time of the moon. <laughs> like, you know, you can see the beginnings of time being tracked there. Like, you don't keep track of it. You don't know when the moon is. You show up at the wrong village at the wrong time. <laughs> you're going to get... I mean, death would be... You're going to wish for death. You're going to wish for death. Okay? That's the entire village, an entire village of women all on PMS. Like, PMSing at the same time. And there's no men around. And you're the only man that shows up. I mean, you... They could, it could be, you know, that death by snoo snoo. You know, you get fucked to death. You could just get tortured to death. I mean, you could get psychologically tortured to death. They could turn you into a woman. They could change. They could take your brain out and put a new one in. I mean, and I'm not talking like medically or whatever. I'm just talking in the world of, you know, emotions, psychology, right? You imagine how much of an advantage an entire female village would have versus a lone man just trying to get lucky, just coming to the village and like trying to score, and then you just be set upon, upon, I mean, really the beginnings of civilization. I mean, I think, I do think that women are the underpinnings of civilization. Like, we wouldn't have any civilization without women because men will just, are just content to do stuff whatever it is they need to do to get by. If they don't know any better, they don't know any better. But, you know, it's like, I think the ambition, I feel like the ambition really is either around getting, getting women or getting away from women, right? Those are the two polar things, pushing and pulling men. Um, which brings me to today's episode, which is a book report. I decided this episode, I was going to do a book report. So I decided I'm going to start reading books. Books are coming back, okay? I've invested heavily into Blockbuster, uh, it's trading at two cents a share right now. It's that's bottom barrel. That's ground floor. That's a ground floor opportunity. Do you understand? A literal ground floor. We can't. You can only go. I guess lose fifty percent of its value at this point. Possibly go to zero. But whatever. No. No. 
that's for naysayers. That's I say this thing. If this thing goes up to a dollar, you kidding? That's fucking fifty x right there. <laughs> Are you kidding? I wanted to go under. I wanted to get to half a penny. You understand the profit you'd make? This thing just goes to a dollar. Um. Anyway, uh, that's also the. Actually, I mean, Blockbuster actually has more of an underpinning than Dogecoin, but Dogecoin might be the better bet. But that's just, this is not, this is what people say. This is not financial advice. You know what? This is financial advice. <laughs> oh, what if I ended up in jail where they got me there going like, see, you said, there he is, Your Honor. He's saying this is financial. Well, I could just say this is not financial advice and they could just cut out the not, you know, deep fake the whole thing. You know, next thing you know, I'm in jail. If I could spending 20 life for some kind of uh, financial fraud scheme that I had no idea I was part of. Just by saying, uttering the words, this is not financial advice. Possibly the name of a new podcast. I'm going to, I might have a podcast empire. I have a book report podcast. <laughs> I'll have a financial advice podcast. I'll have a um, crypto, maybe like a Bitcoin or like a... Oh, by the way, I just got onto a um, referral program. I'm I'm sponsored. I'm not really sponsored, but it's kind of a, the, the beginnings of something. Anyways, uh, if you are interested in dollar cost averaging into Bitcoin, go to swanbitcoin.com slash Rogin, R-O-G-I-N. That's swanbitcoin.rogin. Actually, that is probably not at all. Oh, my God. I probably fucked that whole thing. Shit. I probably lost this one. I lost the sponsorship, guys. Uh, let me look again. Nope. I was right. SwanBitcoin.com slash Rojan. And you, there's a, it's a referral link. And you get 10 bucks in Bitcoin. Uh, I get a little 10 bucks in Bitcoin, too, if you sign up. And then if you sign up, you'll see there's, like, these plans for dollar cost averaging into Bitcoin, which I think is the best way to get a start in bitcoin say you don't want you're like maybe the thing it'll pull back 80 percent is possible is possibly lose it all if you put everything in it it's possible you could lose all of it before it comes back up you know and if you're not ready to take that ride it's you know maybe it's not the best thing to put everything into it but just a little bit a week for you know for the next few years it's gonna be amazing it'll you'll see um anyways i that's that's what I'm doing now. I will shill Bitcoin. I will shill any crypto. Listen, <laughs> you want me to? You want me to shill Doge? I'll shill Doge. Fuck it. You give me some Doge. Give me a shillload of Doge. I'll shill it. Give me a shillload of your coin. I'll shill it. Whatever it is, I'll shill your coin. CVS coin. I'll shill Amazon coin. Whatever. Buy it. Buy it, everybody. We're in a bull market, a speculative euphoria. Everything's going up. I can't tell you when it's going to go down and pop, but everything's going up. So ride that, ride it up. I guess you could also, you could say, one could say the only way to win is not play, but okay. Wow, this book report, I'm seven minutes in, I haven't started the book report. The book, the book, today's book report is Dune by Frank Herbert. Um, I read this book a long time ago when I was a kid. I really liked it, but I, I don't think I really understood it. And I've, I've read it, this is probably my third time having read Dune. And I'd have to say that I really like it with every reading. And maybe the reason why I do is because it's like I don't have to struggle with the concepts as much as lies, heavy concepts or whatever. But ultimately, you know, when you distill it down to its core, it's a, a hero's journey story. 
So uh, Dune opens with, so now I present to you um, Dune by Frank Herbert. I'm going to read the entire book. Here we go. A beginning is the time for taking the most delicate care that the balances are correct. This every sister of the Bene Gesserit knows. To begin your study of the life of Muad'Dib, then take care that you first place him in his time, born in the 57th year of the Padishah Emperor, Shaddam IV, and take the most special care that you locate Muad'Dib in his place, the planet Arrakis. Do not be deceived by the fact that he was born on Caladan and lived his first 15 years there. Arrakis, the planet known as Dune, is forever his place. From Manual of Muad'Dib by Princess Irulan. In the week before their departure to Arrakis, when all the final scurrying about had reached an un- a nearly unbearable frenzy, an old crone came to visit the mother of the boy, Paul. I'm kidding. I'm not going to read that. <laughs> I'm not going to read that. That's just the opening. Uh, the first chapter of Dune is amazing because it sets up, you know, it sets up everything. It sets up the, for the main character, Paul, introduces you to this boy, introduces you to this world uh, bigger than him where his mother is prominent. And this old lady called the Reverend Mother comes from the Bene Gesserit. And she says to Paul, you know, I'm going to test you with a gum jabbar. And he's like, what the fuck is that? There's all these things being introduced. You're like, what the fuck is that? And the whole first chapter is, you know, a test to see if... Paul is human and possibly what they call the Quitsack Heterac, all introduced in this first chapter. There's so much introduced in this chapter, it's incredibly dense. The entire world is actually introduced in this first chapter. And in some ways, it's actually a very good um, sort of like archetype of a first chapter of a book, like how to set up a story while creating a, a dramatic scene. Because the scene itself is about Paul being tested. He has to put his hand in this box and it's like the most crazy pain he's ever felt in his entire life and she's holding this poison needle to his neck and if he flinches and takes his hand out of the box, she's going to kill him. So he has to fucking... Yeah, it's like a test of humanity, she says. It's like an animal will gnaws arm off but a human will understand that the pain is just mental. Like she tells him, you know, stick your hand in this box. Nothing's actually happening to your hand but it'll feel like everything's happening and you know it's like felt like it was being melted off and he was like he's holding it there the whole litany of fears introduced there the litany of fear which i uh you know i like to fucking um it begins you know fear is the mind killer he was like i shall not fear fear is the mind killer it is a little death that leads to oblivion i'm paraphrasing but anyways um so you can see a lot of things are kind of set up philosophically in its first chapter um that sets up an entire kind of like arc that's going to happen you know this whole sort of um hero's journey essentially you know paul is a christ-like figure you know he's very close to um you know i'm just gonna i'm not really gonna like i'm assuming some of you have read the book and if you haven't read the book please go do and uh you could watch dune by david lynch but it's not quite I might give you a visual sense of why, but it's kind of goofy. <laughs> it's kind of goofy, and and maybe if you want to watch, um, there's a sci-fi series that came out in the early aughts called Dune. Uh, that was a closer estimation of what it was. Um, and now there's a new Dune coming out. Uh, I'm kind of excited about it. it could be the best one yet uh, with, what's his name? Timothy Chalamet as Paul, which I'm a little mixed on, but whatever. And... Um, What's his name? Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve, who did Blade Runner, which I thought 
I like the new Blade Runner better than the old Blade Runner. So they, I think there's hope. Like just from the trailer I've seen of Dune, aesthetically it looks I think closer to what you know, at least cooler, um, less garish. You know, um, and maybe 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 he's got it. Maybe he's got a better sense of the story. There's a lot of story in it in Dune. It's a very dense story. So I think one of the main criticisms of Dune is that it's so dense. And it was like it was like a fucking glossary in the back. There's all these words. This is like overwhelming. It's kind of like kind of like The Wire. I don't know if you ever watched The Wire, but it's just all this cop talk, and they never stop to like explain anything, and just just going, and just expects you to catch up, right? Um, and I don't mind that because it sort of gives me more like sort of repeat reading value. You know, like I get to read the book again and be like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. And I don't need the glossary this time, and if I get, you know. Anyways. Um, Dune is like your classic hero's journey. You know, you get your protagonist who starts off. Um, he's he's a boy. He's weak. He's vulnerable. But he's also there's a seed. He's the chosen one. You know, there's something inside of him that makes him great. But he's not quite there, and he has to pass all these tests. You know, he has to go through the. He has to. Um, he has to cross the threshold, go from the old world of where everything was stable, and then there's something, you know, some people call it an inciting incident or a destabilizing event or whatever that, you know, that uh, that changes the old world into new. So for Paul, that was like he had, you know, his world first was the world of Caladan, where water is plentiful, just like Earth, right? And then he goes to a place called Arrakis where there's no water, you know, and there's much danger, he goes from safety to danger, right? And then within the danger, but within the danger, he's still the Duke's son. You know, there's a Duke, there's stuff going on, whatever. And then the inciting incident occurs, you know, when the Duke is assassinated, right? The Duke's assassinated. The Harkonnens made their move. Harkonnens are the bad guys, right? The Atreides are the good guys. Harkonnens are the bad guys, right? Like, and so from that, his world is destabilized. He gets thrust into the world of Dune, the planet, and then he has to kind of like become, it's kind of like Lawrence of Arabia. You know, it's kind of like he has to become with, uh, one with the desert people and through the desert power that they can take over, you know, and that sort of. And then he is uh, sort of a messiah-like figure. He has superpowers. You know, at some point he has to go. It's all the elements of the hero's journey. It's all the elements of Luke Skywalker, too. Remember when Luke Skywalker had to go into that cave to become the Jedi or whatever? You know, it's the same thing. Paul had to go into a cave and do this um, ritual, right? And it's uh, and everything in, on Dune, the reason why Dune is so important as a planet is because of this thing called the spice. The spice melange. The spice, right? Some kind of cinnamon-like substance that it's very addictive and then in large amounts you can actually like see through time yeah i can see through time man and then because of that it helps people navigate um interstellar distances it's pretty crazy i mean it's pretty heavy <laughs> it's pretty great yeah like dudes yeah like get super high and then you can, like see through time and then you could space travel man <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty sweet um uh and i think you know the thing i like about it is on top of this sort of got your hero's journey, you got your fantasy thing, you got your, uh, you know, you got your kind of nerdy space sci-fi stuff too. A lot of like, you know, because it's, you know, it's fucking spaceships and shit. And it's like a, um, a lot of interesting philosophy, a lot of, you know, stuff. It's just a mishmash of, of genre and philosophy, right? You got your fucking fantasy elements, you got your sci-fi element, you got your um, sort of like classic drama element in there. Yeah, real like you got a druggy thing too, kind of a weird druggy internal thing going on. And I uh, started thinking like, oh shit, this is actually it's ba- basically just like the Matrix. 
like the dune the dune series is basically like the matrix i mean it's essentially the one of the first matrixes um i guess if you really think about it like jesus was like the matrix too (laughs) it's really every hero's journey is like the matrix i mean the matrix is essentially um you know what the matrix is the matrix is is like a really good hip-hop beat that's taking all these elements of things that you know and recognize but have created like this new thing but it's still sort of like you know uh it's not like an organic thing. It's still like a, you know, it's still like digital, right? It's trapped in ones and zeros, whatever, but it is kind of taking from other things and creating a synthesis out of different things. So the matrix is totally like that, right? It takes like, takes like Kung Fu movies and the Western and the sci-fi element, you know, and you got your fucking, yeah, cool aesthetics. You got your bullet time and stuff, you know, they mix these like cool, like technological things into it. You know, and it's just this perfect kind of, uh, conglomerate mishmash of 20th century movies, right? 20th century movies, you know, and you kind of throw in some pop psychology in there. You got to, you know, kind of make sense and everybody understands. Everybody understands Plato's cave, right? I go on and on about Plato's cave, how you're like living in a, in a simulation, right? Like just all that stuff. And then what if you could wake up? What if you could wake up and you realize everything was a game, you know? And what if you could wake up and be in like fucking, you know, you could be superhuman, if you wake up, like you realize that the limits of physics are just a program, and you realize you could bend the program, right? Like you realize that if everything's a program, right? Everything's bendable and hackable. Yeah, it doesn't even nothing even matters. There's no boundaries between reality and you know fantasy. So maybe is that what it is? You know, um, yeah, possibly. I mean, I think there is. Something in The Matrix, which is very 21st century, or uh, which we're finding ourselves in now, 20 years later, after The Matrix, we're seeing full on that there is a sort of beyond trans... Okay, there's like transhumanism. There's the idea that you could transcend your body, become one with the machine, become digitized yourself, right? You're no longer inside yourself anymore. Um, And I think along with that transhumanism movement is the transgender movement the tranny movement uh which the wachowskis are um the wachowski brothers used to be wachowski brothers and then they became the wachowski wachowskis and now they're the wachowski sisters and the thing about the wachowski brothers is that they do have a lot of wachowski sisters they're actually i think two of six children and the rest of them are girls so i mean that's just you know the beginning when i was talking about what happens when you (laughs) go to a village you go to uh, you that's what they could do to you you see you see two of the most brilliant minds uh and not to say that there's something wrong or whatever clearly they're very successful clearly whatever but I, i what i'm just saying is that it's sort of the philosophical uh you could see the philosophy inside of the matrix you know kind of going along with like this is all part of postmodernism, right? Like that, that there's no real structures anymore. The structures are all relative. It's no good or bad. It's all relative. There's no, there's no history. There's no real one history. There's just everybody's histories, right? You know, there's, there's like, it's, but then once you do that, you break down the boundaries of meaning. So that's why words now words are violence now, right? Why words can be violence because there's no boundary. Why have a boundary? Why construct a boundary between physical violence and what you would call 
word violence. I don't know. It's just feeling uncomfortable. Feeling uncomfortable has become literally like we have not been violent for so long that culturally we consider feeling uncomfortable hearing things we don't want to hear as violence. Um, and on some levels, that's funny, right? That's kind of funny. But on other levels, that's dangerous because that you could just see that escalating. That's why it's like people are like, punch a Nazi, punch a Nazi, right? Like it's like uh, the boundaries between philosophical discourse and violence. If there's no boundaries, if words are violence, then why not just be violent? Why use words? Right? It goes both ways. I blame the Wachowski sisters, <laughs> not the two directors, but the other four. <laughs> clearly got in it. Did come on. You're saying they didn't do a number on him? You're saying Larry and, uh, well, I'm dead naming. Uh, I can't even remember their old names. So there. See? Who won the culture war? Huh? Okay. So so The Matrix, I feel like, is a, um, it's just like Dune. In the sense that you got your hero figure, Neo. They're both black-haired, skinny guys, you know, kind of Asian or kind of white, pale, whatever looking. We don't know what they are, but they're, you know, they're cool. They got, they're, uh, but they're also gifted. They have gifts, you know, and then Neo ends up becoming the chosen one, right? He becomes the chosen one. He's there to free the people of Zion from the machines and beat the agents. And he's there. He's the guy. He's the guy, right? And then even in the Matrix, you start off with like he doesn't want to he doesn't want to cross the thresh- threshold. He says no, but then he has to because the agents come from his work, and he has to go through the thing, you know, in the cubicles and with the phone. He's like, follow, go to a hundred steps and take a left, and then he has to do all that shit. And then he fucking, you know, and then they fucking he gets the thing taken out of his stomach. The flush, and then he's like, what the fuck? Yeah, he fucking throws up, and then he wakes up, and he's like, you know, and he's like, he's offered the blue pill, the red pill. Take the blue pill, the red pill. And he takes the red pill, and he's like, ah, and then he wakes up, right? Like, so that's the crossing of the threshold right there. You know, he, the meeting of the mentor. You know, all these steps are laid out in the hero's journey. Maybe I should over do an overview of the hero's journey at some point. That should be, that would be fun. Well, I, this is becoming a lecture podcast. I will now lecture you about things I've read. Uh, <laughs> I guess, uh, hey, I went to an Ivy League film school where I read Hero's Journey, okay? Um, not because they told me to. Uh, anyways, um, listen. Um, I think what happens in the Matrix is similar to what happens in Dune. So at the end of Dune, Paul Atreides is, he's a Quizzac Heterac. He's a, in fact, book two of Dune is called Dune Messiah, where he's just fucking, uh, he's got all the powers. He's a god emperor. You know, he's fucking, there's a huge jihad going on in his name. He just doesn't even want to do this anymore. Um, and at some point he's attacked and he loses his eyes, just like at the end of Matrix, right? At the Matrix 3, Neo loses his eyes. It's a very common theme. It's like an Oedipus thing, which is like gouging out the eyes, losing the eyes. They're not losing the eyes, but then you can see more. It's like that matter. That's the metaphor. That's what happened to Neo, too, right? He lost his eyes, but he could see everything. So that's what happened to Paul. He lost his eyes, but he could see everything because he had like overdosed on the spice or whatever he had super spice prescience so he could like see through time man he could see through time man so he didn't need his eyes because he could see everything um but he couldn't you know and that was his that's why his downfall because he couldn't see who betrayed him you know whatever anyway so there's a character flaw which neo ended up not really having that was one of the things that made the matrix i think a, a worse story than dune ended up being even though they follow the same tropes they have the same structure you know they have the same they're following the same archetype Similar things happen, but 
Paul Atreides was a better character because he had there was more conflict. I I would have to say it was because there's deeper and richer conflicts in his life. You know, he had the con- he had the struggle of wanting to be a desert person again. You know, and being with his desert wife, but then there's the imperial wife because he's also an emperor. There's that. You know, it's just a classic. And then also, it's sort of like House Atreides. You know, that was a big deal. Um, this whole house thing, I think, comes out a lot out of Dune, which I'm sure comes from England or something. But like um, House Atreides, you know, he had this house he had to build and he had this legacy and all this stuff. And the other thing you want to do is turn Dune into a green planet. And, all, you know, there's all these like ambitions he had, but then he had this personal things and he just wanted to be a dude, you know, and whatever. Um, and then I think by the third book, Children of Dune, it's about his twins who are growing up. And his son is who ends up becoming the real god emperor. And then throughout the whole time, there's a mystic uh, blind seer out in the middle of the desert that is rumored to be Paul, right? And so by that third cycle of the story, the main character, the Jesus figure, has sacrificed himself to become sort of a secondary, like, not even the main... He becomes a new mentor in a way, or he becomes the new old old man, the Obi-Wan. You know what I mean? Like, um, And I think that was maybe what... The Matrix could have done if they didn't cash in. Basically, the Wachowski brothers, sisters, whatever the fuck, you know, what they were, were opportunists, okay? The Wachowski money grabbers is what they were because they, they had a beautiful thing. They created a beautiful thing with The Matrix, but then they, it was such a hit. They were like, we got to make two more because trilogies were the thing back then. And they were like, all right. And so they rushed into a story that was just dog shit, right? The story is just by Matrix 2, Neo's fucking flying everybody's fighting agents. I thought you couldn't fight an agent. Next thing you know, Trinity's fighting them hand in hand. Like everybody's fighting them. Like all the rules have broken down because now it's like, it's like playing a game in God mode, right? Neo's in God mode. And it's just, it's cool to see, but there's no drama. You're like, I don't know. It's like, that's the problem with like Superman, right? Creating drama with Superman. You have to have Lois. That's the only reason, the only drama you can get out of it because otherwise he's just a God. He's just walking around invulnerable. There's no, it's like, who gives a fuck, right? He's not gonna, is he gonna die? No, he's a, invulnerable. There's no story. This is a guy, he's a guy, he's a god, he comes and everything is great. That's not a story. You know what I mean? Um, one of the things that's interesting is that in The Matrix 2, I think it's the second or second or third, you know, he meets the architect, right? This, this white dude, white clothed. I guess he is white, but I meant his suit. He's he's dressed kind of like the colonel. I can't remember. <laughs> I just remember the old white guy, and he's all like, "I'm the architect, and I made the thing, and you know, I'm the program who makes the thing." And and then he talks about how like the first Matrix, everybody had everything, and there was no pain. So I feel like everybody was in God mode, and then everybody it just all died. Nobody survived because for some reason humans need the struggle to survive. Right? Humans need. Uh, Adversity, conflict, in order to become stronger, in order to survive. And you know what else needs that? Stories. Stories <laughs> Stories are inherently a human thing. It's like a um, it's like a facsimile of life encapsulated in language, right? Whatever, however that's cu- communicated. But it's uh, it's like what uh, what Aristotle said, right? Like drama is an imitation of life, right? Like stories are just is just like little little tiny lives that were, and that's why some people tell terrible stories because they've not lived. They don't know what life is. They don't know what the ups and downs are. Some people have never struggled. To them, a story is just a list of events, and everything turns out great in the end. They just, just that's not really a story, right? Is that nobody cares about that? 
Nobody cares about that unless you're like hot or something, you know, or unless there's some inherent thing in your little kid. That's a struggle, you know, just by being a kid, you're struggling or one legged or something, you know, if there's the struggles inherent in the being of the character, then okay, maybe you can get something out of that. But if there's no struggle at all, then it's what are we watching? Right? What am I reading? Anyways, um, I do think, yeah, there is this interesting thing of like, the theme of decoupling yourself from physical reality, um, right? Like whether it's through drugs or whether it's through machines, you know, just the idea that the, the brain, the thoughts are somehow more real than the physical world. Um, and I wonder if that's in some ways just navel gazing. Is that just fucking like, I was like, is that just fucking waxing? philosophic and just wondering hey what happens when you know you don't have a body but does your brain keep going or whatever and it seems to be the answer is no right you just die you are part of your body and you just die um but but we hope and we dream and we think and we and we we think that maybe with nanomachines or maybe with some kind of uh, i don't know meditation or some we hope that we can transcend the body you know because i think I really do think it must have to do with immortality. I mean, I really do think, you know, because why, why ditch the body? So much? Why do you want to ditch the body so much? Why do you want to get rid of the body? Really, because the body is a prison. The body is seen as a prison, I think, especially maybe to Western thought. Uh, Western, contemporary Western thought, which is very linear, forward-thinking. There's no past. You keep going forward and forward. The only problem with this whole thing is that we age and die. Right? We say forward is great. Forward is great, but it's only great when you're young. So young is great, which is back then. But back then sucks. It's all about going forward. You see the contradiction there. But that's the delusion we're trapped in. We gotta keep going forward and forward and forward. You know, we gotta keep going forward. And that's uh, sort of the thing that um, Paul Atreides wanted to break out of in Dune. Right? He saw the cycles through time. It was actually kind of like what happened in um, the end of Infinity Wars. Uh, you know, when Doctor Strange is like, and he's like, I found one reality out of 16 million, or I've ran 16 million fucking simulations of what happened, and one we end up winning, you know. Um, that's sort of what happens with Paul, where he sees all the possibilities, he's oppression through time, he sees all the possibilities, and he's like trying to avoid all these ones, and he sees the, the one way he can go is to actually take himself out of the equation, right? That's it. Um, and that's similar to the end of The Matrix, where Neo realizes, oh, the only way to beat the agent, Agent Smith, who's now taking over everybody, uh, is to let him take me over. And then it all, you know, and then it's like yin yang, and then we're, we're one and the same, and it's all that, you know, it's um, it's all that. We're back to the yin yang, guys. Chinese stoner philosophy. Here we are again. Um, okay. First of all, I guess I guess the problem with the book report is that it's just not funny, is it? It's just not funny, and this is supposed to be, it's supposed to be a comedy podcast. <laughs> This is supposed to be a comedy podcast, goddammit. I don't have any, I don't have enough listeners to even have a sponsor like Swan Bitcoin. I'm lucky to have be part of their referral program, to be part of their Swan Force. Go to swanbitcoin.com/rojan to start stacking sats today. Okay, um, listen, is there uh, is there a point to any of this? <laughs> what is my point? What is my point? Okay, book report, Dune. So. It's a good book. It's a great book. It explores a lot of the same philosophical things that we're exploring now. 
I think the 21st century is still dealing with the remnants of the 20th, 20th century. And in the 20th century, we dealt with the remnants of the 19th century by almost nuking the entire planet. This time we can, uh, we're still, we still could do it, still could do it, but, but, and they have nukes in Dune, which is kind of cool. Nukes are how he lost his eyes, too. It's kind of interesting. Uh, this is all also written in the backdrop of the, uh, after the war. So it's like written in the 50s, uh, 60s, 60, yeah, 60s. So, um, you know, a lot of people drew the parallel between the Middle East and the spices oil, you know, the oil, because the spice is what makes everything. Oil has to flow, you know, for everything, and everything runs on oil, and the petrodollar runs on oil, everything runs on oil, and everything runs on spice, and whoever controls the oil is the one who controls it. and they're, you know, desert people, and so on and so forth. So you can see the parallels, plus they call it a jihad, and they got, so yes, it's, they are, it is kind of like, they're Muslims. Essentially, the Fremen in the desert are Muslims. Paul becomes the, um, the caliph the caliph the baghdadi he becomes a baghdadi he becomes you know creates a giant isis and uh and that's supposed to be good you know that's he's the good guy here i guess <laughs> he's the he's the leader of space isis and he's a good guy uh and that and then he's like i don't want to be in space isis anymore i don't want to be the leader i don't want to be baghdadi uh space spice daddy i don't want to be spice daddy <laughs> I don't want to be Spice Daddy anymore. So he like ended up getting his eyes burned out and again became an old man in the desert. You know, and he was like, "Yeah, no, my job was to um, give birth to the real Jesus. Like in that way, I'm Jesus's dad, uh, but his real dad, meaning I'm God. Anyways, I'm going to the desert. Goodbye. Uh, and that happens." And then the Dune Saga is great. I mean, I recommend reading the whole thing. Crazy thing is, after book three, Children of Dune, the next book is called God Emperor of Dune. And at that point, it's like Paul's son is a fucking sandworm. You know, I mean, that's literally, literally, that is what it is. It's a thousand years later and he's a sandworm. He's still alive. Okay. So take that for what you will. Fucking Matrix could have done that. The Matrix could have done that. Imagine if they were like, fast forward a thousand years and now. Uh, I don't know, Neo had a kid and he's a giant fucking squid monster. Whatever. They could have taken that fucking story and gone anywhere with it. And I think one of the problems with it is like the, this is something I read in Robert McKee's story. Um, Problem is like you take your hero through the hero's journey, you get to the end and he's supposed to either die or he becomes kind of like a god. But then the next story is him as a god traipsing around being god. It's just not is dramatic right so then you have to create a more ridiculous and sort of like just you just start spinning more plates right it just have to be like there's no like internal stories you have to create more external shit so matrix 2 that's why it's just like replicating agent smith and fucking ghost and fucking remember the french dude and the the, the fucking uh dreadlock guys and you know what i mean it's like a bunch of shit there's so much shit you just and, and why it's just like just became more is more right became more is more instead of less is more the animatrix did a better job of taking on the matrix lore by creating these like mini stories of people who are like rescued by neo or whatever that i mean they could have done that that would have been way better whole second movie could have just been neo instead of neo becoming god at the end See, the problem was they didn't know they were going to do sequels so if neo didn't become a fucking god at the end of the first movie he could gives him somewhere to go he could have become a god at the end of the third movie whatever anyways i'm not here to talk about the matrix i'm here to talk about dune 
Uh, Dune. Great. <laughs> <laughs> like what do I have to say? It's a good book. Read the fucking book, okay? This uh, oh the other interesting thing about Dune, uh, and as it relates to the Matrix, is the Matrix really is about the creation of an AI that kills us, right? An AI and that we're fighting and then traps us in a simulacrum in order to use us as batteries, which is a dumb, dumb idea. Uh, dumb, dumb idea. Why not geothermal, right? Right? Why not? hydroelectric i don't you know whatever because we blotted out the sun you know for solar but solar is the only energy source it is just okay anyways humans are batteries they're using us and then trapping us in the matrix and they're to keep us alive to use us as batteries but they're all artificial intelligence um in dune the backdrop of dune is that there was something called the bootlerian jihad hundreds of years in the past uh, where they got they killed all the AIs. So imagine if like the Matrix happened, but instead of the machines winning, the humans rose up and just killed all the AIs, got rid of them, and made law saying there can be no more computers. No more computers. So instead, what they did is trained humans to become what they call mentats. Uh, their brains are like super, and mostly they were dudes. Actually, this is very interesting. Dudes could be trained to be mentats which were like supercomputer m- brains, which are like, you know, you're like, blah, 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 and you're like totally logical, like, you know. And then on the other hand, there's a secretive sisterhood called the Bene Gesserit, which is, um, they're all women, and they control genetics, and they control sort of like uh, religious, um, they're like missionaries, so they go to other uh, like primitive worlds and inject them with stories, so that when other people come later from the Imperium, they like can use those stories. To, and so, that was all part of like how you could rally the troops in Dune is because all these Ben Jesuit stories from long ago foretold of uh, Muad'Dib, uh, foretold of a, a coming guy who would unite them, and that's why they rallied around the guy or whatever. So I thought that was very interesting. You know, this is sort of. You got the play of artificial intelligence versus human intelligence. You also have this play of like the male and the feminine intelligences. Um, and the kind of like, you know, it's just like people listen, dudes tend to be autistic, right? Dudes tend to be autistic. That's why they end up becoming engineers. They go to Wall Street bets. They fucking, you know, they're just dude. They get really obsessed with one thing and they're at the expense of everything else. And that's what they do, you know, and that's like what a mentat is. And then women, their power comes in the social manipulation <laughs> engineering of people <laughs> the engineering of minds the engineering of attitudes the engineering of languages you know the Ben and Jesser, their power is something called the voice they have the voice which basically they can compel you to do anything they can basically basically it's just nagging you uh the voice is a form of super nagging they were just like compelled to do they'll be like kill yourself and be like oh shit okay fine you know um so that was interesting too um, anyways, I highly recommend reading the book Dune by Frank Herbert, especially before the movie's coming out um, on HBO Max. Uh, before the movie comes out, check out the book. Read the first three books, I think. Um, they're easy. Okay, maybe they're not easy reads. Maybe they're not easy reads. Do the first one. Do the whatever. Whatever. Read the book. Read a book. Read a book. Okay. <laughs> Books are coming back. That's the thing. Blockbuster stock. I put it all in Blockbuster, and I'm also putting it all in Walden Books. Remember Walden Books? Remember Walden? Borders. Borders is coming back too. Putting it all in there. Books are coming back in a big way. People want to hold stuff. People want to touch things. People want to have member berries. Lots of nostalgia. Um, anyways. 
I think that's about it. Thank you so much for listening to the Roger Kim cast. Thank you so much for listening to my unfunny book report. I got to figure out how to make these things more funny. Maybe, uh, I don't know. Hopefully maybe this was interesting though. Um, I have a bunch of books I'm reading. So look forward to that. At least I'm not going to rant and rave about Trump or fucking the other liberals or, you know, the military industrial complex, which I'm reading a book about. I'm going to read a book about too. I figure, look, if I'm going to rant and rave about shit, maybe I should read books about them and then I can rant and rave about them. And I guess that will decrease the funny, but increase the education or informative aspect of what I'm doing here. What am I doing here? I don't know, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Rojan Kim cast. Uh, please follow me. Uh, okay. Here's the whole thing. Instagram, just put out a thing that said they're going to screen everybody for hate speech and permanently ban them, uh, go through your DMs and everything, and that probably means I'm going to get banned. <laughs> Guys, I'm probably going to get banned off Instagram. So I don't know. Come, f- t- I'm on Twitter. Find me on Twitter. Um, I'm going to try Clubhouse. I'm a little skeptical. I'm a little suspicious. I'm thinking like these, these old Silicon Valley just trying to harvest my voice data, my my precious voice data that I am, yeah, really guarding like a dragon's horde by putting out a free podcast where I talk hours on it where I must have, I have over 200 hours of me talking and I'm like, oh, the clubhouse might take my, (laughs) so I don't know. Listen, I don't think social media itself is bad. It's just what it's become is bad, right? Fucking algorithmic profit-driven models of uh, if it bleeds, it leads kind of thing. Uh, That's bad. But maybe there's some good things to be had on Clubhouse. So I'm going to be on there. I'm on there. I got on there. If you want an invite, I guess, let me know. Uh, I'm on there. You can find me. Find me on Signal. I'm on there. I'm on Signal. So I think Signal is if you want to be... If you want to have hate speech, (laughs) if you want to be free to use hate speech, I say go on Signal. Okay, I've been using it myself with my comic friends, and trust me, I am so glad. <laughs> it's so good we did because we would have bad things would have been happening to us. So this is good. We get to have fun and be free and say whatever we want. And because we're just having a laugh, it's fun to be bad. It's fun to say bad words. Jesus Christ. And speaking of freedom, um, I'm gonna do it again. I'm gonna shell Bitcoin. I'm gonna say go to Swan.com/Rogan. Um, R-O-G-I-N. Just fucking just a little bit. I'm telling you. I'm not saying put all I'm not I'm not saying it's like Blockbuster. I'm investing in a lot of B words, Blockbuster, Borders, and Bitcoin, okay? And I'm not telling I'm putting everything into Blockbuster. A little bit into uh borders and even less into Bitcoin, okay? Just put a little tiny bit if you're skeptical. Or if you're all in, like me on Blockbuster, you put it all in. But don't do it because I told you. Don't do anything because anybody tells you to, except for going to swanbitcoin.com slash to join my referral program. We could all start stacking sats. That's the thought. Satoshi, stack them. Um, learn about it. I don't know. Maybe I'll read the white paper. I don't know. Okay. Thank you again so much for listening.